What up, fan Levitardians? We are back. How you doing, Brian? What up, what up, what up? We are back, Fleb Universe. Nathan, Nasty Nate, how are you, sir? I'm good. I am doing well. It's good to be back after about two weeks off and, you know, where we last left off. Uh, I don't remember if we may, if that made it in the episode or not, where you asked me if I was going to Vegas and I was like, I don't know if that's going to happen because I had a whole... That's a good question. <laughs> so for those that don't know... Nathan specifically said to me, no, I will not be going. I, I got some personal things. I don't things. think don't I'll be that. going. Let me finish. He's, you, you can't say otherwise. I know what you said. You said, I know I should be going because it's the closest it'll ever be. I really want to go. Yeah. I would love to go. I kind of feel obligated to be there, but I don't want to leave the missus at home with the kids. And, you know, I just, I'm, I'm going to have to sit this one out. And I said, all right makes sense i'm not even gonna try to push it any further cool fast forward to last week and guess what my timeline shows it doesn't show just the hee haw three being a overall success no it doesn't show dan's embarrassment referring to a wu-tang member that isn't there no it shows nathan posting pictures from a first person perspective what say you, sir? Well, sir, I did have a this whole convoluted plan, or maybe not convoluted, but complicated plan of where I was going to wake up at like 5 a.m., drop my kids off, my two older kids off at daycare, drive to Las Vegas, catch the shows, hop back in my car, drive back at like one or so in time to pick my other kids up before their daycare uh, closed, and then like Dumas Vegas that way. And I was like, there's can't, can't do that. That's a long time to leave my wife. How far is Vegas from you driving? It's three hours. It's about three hours and 40 minutes, depending on uh, traffic. Ooh, so that's not, I can see why that's a thought. That's not bad. Yeah. It, it's not, it, I would have done it, but I talked to my wife like, Hey, like, cause this was her third C-section recovering i was like i didn't feel comfortable leaving her and i was like hey i do kind of like really want to go and she's like well why don't we just take everybody so we had some credits found a hotel booked that uh bad boy up and took the whole family to las vegas to and vegas. she somehow nice. managed to watch all the kids and kept them in the hotel room because she couldn't like you know she's still recovering like the only thing she's allowed to carry is the baby so yeah. she couldn't take him out of the room so the <clears throat> i would go to the show in the morning and then i didn't stick around too long because i had my whole family you know stuck in a hotel room while i was uh living the life catching the hee-haw three um kissing babies yeah that weren't yours mm-hmm kissing babies that I didn't kiss anybody. Nice. And and and, uh, and and in a in a very uh in a <laughs> in a very male way to look at it in how we tend to spin things as a positive. And she probably wanted to get out of the house. She probably wanted to go smell some new air, you know, with things being kind of all home focused after the new baby. So, you know what? You got you did you did you did everyone a favor. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. I mean, they were like that was why I didn't stick around too long after the show. I have done like Moss as well. So 
you know, and through the podcast, I've met most of the people. So I said hi to him after Thursday's show. Friday's show, I just finished it and I got out of there because I was like, I can't stick around forever because I would just feel like so bad that this whole entire time, you know, so long, yeah. all, all, all the family. So Friday, I just bounced like right when the show ended. But I did manage to pick up a mystery bag, which I figure, hey, let's open this bad boy up on the show. And see if there's some things in here, I, I'll give them away to some fans. You might be wondering, Nathan, how, how could I get some of the things that are in this bag? What would I need to do to get ooh, this mystery bag? Yeah, well, well folks... All, all I'm going to ask that people do is you subscribe to us on YouTube and you follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Those two things. That's, that's it. it. If you want to throw one more, can we throw one more thing in there? Sure. You have to follow us on your main social of choosing. Mm-hmm. Where can people you find with the you? Instagram, Snapchat, uh, Twitter, uh, Tumblr, Pinterest, OnlyFans. No, I think that's ridiculous sometimes. <laughs> if you mainly on Twitter, follow the Fan Levitar show on Twitter. If you mainly on Instagram, follow the Fan Levitar show on Twitter. I mean, Instagram. See, I messed it up myself. Um, but yeah, so just show some love. Just show some love and you can win some some wonderful swag on on part of Nathan by part of the Fan Levitar show. Now, before we get into this, because... I already said before we got into this that this is going to be an ISO ISO play, right? Our, our mm. offense is stymied. You are our bucket getter right Carrying now. So us. this whole episode is going to be about you giving us the breakdown. But before we get into that, let's just get the the big uh-huh. topic out of the way. The Super Bowl, okay? Yeah, got to get that out we of the way. We all watched it. We, mm-hmm. <laughs> we all watched it. We know what happened. We know what transpired. I think for the most part, this is one of the few Super Bowls where – no one's thought on what could have happened changed after the Super Bowl. Like some Super Bowl's legacies are made. Some are destroyed. This really, really didn't move the needle for me in any way, shape, or form. and just kind of confirmed things that I already felt. So I know you wanted to speak specifically about who gets the credit. Nathan, who gets the credit for either the Super Bowl win by the Chiefs or the Super Bowl loss by the Niners. First off, I just want to give myself some credit because I said some things that I feel personally, wow, Nathan, you were so close. Good job. Just want to pat myself on the back. I said the score would be 23-26. I did say 49ers, but it ended up being 22-25 Chiefs. Um, So good on me, right? And... Pretty far along into this game, Brian, tell me that Jawan Jennings was not a top candidate for MVP for the 49ers. Tell so me I'm is wrong. This, is, is this where I insert my 10 out of 11 leg parlay that I almost hit? Oh, why, why, who gives a credit? Who gives a credit? Who gives credit for something you something almost, that almost get? Almost right? happened, sure, Brian. This is sports. Everything is almost just, okay. You know, sure, yeah. You got me there. So this is what I'm thinking. Everybody that's been talking about the Super Bowl has said, like, should it be the defense that gets the credit 
or should it be Patrick Mahomes that gets the credit? Like the defense is going to be forgotten. Um, I haven't heard too many people though talk about Andy Reid. So for me, there's like three people who gets the credit: Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, or the defense, right? And for you got me, a pie here. Do you got? Are you gonna pie it? Pie chart it. Um, honestly, there was something I saw that made me go like, you know what? I think Andy Reid deserves to be in the mentions a lot more. I think when you look at Shanahan is considered this young offensive genius. I think if you look at the game, Andy Reid, like I don't think people talk of about him honestly enough about how much of an offensive genius he is because when the Chiefs needed plays, they got them easily. And you could say that that's Patrick Mahomes doing it, but you could also say that's Andy Reid drawing up plays that just could not be stopped. That fourth and one in overtime, how many teams are just doing the tush push, lining up and we're just going to out-physical you? Mm -hmm. Not Andy Reid, and they get it no, like no sweat at no point were you like, Oh man, 49ers almost stopped that. And then you look at the game winning touchdown play. If you guys, I go back and watch it, watch what Travis Kelsey does on that play. He doesn't do anything. He's actually watching the jumbotron. He just gets out of his stance and runs towards a 49er guy. Doesn't really even block him, just gets in his way. But the whole time, he's looking at the Jumbotron. And for me, that's like Andy Reid drew up a play that was so easy that Travis Kelsey just needs to get out of his stance and he can watch the Jumbotron and see them win the game. Like, come on, Andy Reid, give him a big chunk of this pie chart. I I see that. I see a... a it's it continues with what you're saying, but I think it also highlights the confidence that Travis Kelsey has in his coach and in his quarterback. Mm-hmm. Because when you see most athletes in those positions, you see an X receiver looking across the formation at the Z and the play's height, and you can already see him looking because he knows where the ball's going. And depending on the result, his reaction is visible. He's not even looking at the jumbo. He, he's like, oh, he dropped it. He should have threw it to me. That's how most players are in the league. And I get it. You want the ball because you feel like you can make everything happen. But by Travis Kelsey going, I don't even need to stare at me, Cole Harmon, mm-hmm. because I have so much trust that even if they drop this, even if this isn't complete, even if we lose the game, I'm not blaming my coach and I'm not blaming my quarterback because I have trust in them too entirely it's like turning your face when a kick goes up because you just know it's going through the uprights because you don't got to watch it i I think um travis kelsey's interaction with andy reed in the beginning of the game did a great job at setting this tone for ooh, they better not lose Mm -hmm. and they didn't and they did it in the cachet that he cashed in by going from oh my god is this the event that leads to kelsey's demise as a face full of love that everyone has on commercials and Taylor Swift and da 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 da. <laughs> no, it actually like he he doubled down on triple zeros. I know it is not triple zeros at the roulette table, but double zeros at the roulette table with everything he had and it paid off tremendously for him. But I think your point of Andy Reid not being mentioned enough is up there. 
because mm -hmm. we've been hearing about this offense being dumbed down a lot since the midway point of the season. And there's a lot of offenses in the NFL that are run as dumbed down versions of offenses because the OC don't trust the quarterback. The quarterback don't trust the OC. The OC and quarterback don't trust the coach. The coach don't trust the... There's, there's a bunch of these kind of like milk toast offenses. Andy Reid's don't look like none of theirs. So for him to be able to have these game plans, devise these game, game plans, implement these game plans, while still somehow making it look fresh, new, mm -hmm. exciting, and and Super Bowl worthy is kudos to him. If I had a hat on, I'd take it off uh, to Andy Reid. To me, it's I'm going 30, 30, 30, 33, 1% Harrison Bucker. No, 0.1% Harrison Bucker. That's my pie chart. Uh, my pie chart? Here it is. I'm going 40 mm -hmm. to Patrick Mahomes. Okay. 38 to Andy Reid. Okay. And then that leaves me with 22 for the defense. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's too much because the defense did like Patrick Mahomes never gets the ball if on that third and four late in the fourth, like Spags doesn't call up a blitz that see, but to me that's where like Andy Reid comes in and that's it. Yeah. You like, sure. Throughout the game, there were times where, things didn't go the chief's way, but I can't think of a play where it was like that play never had a chance. Like on the two plays where the 49ers had to have it that third and four and the down by the goal line on third down, yeah. it didn't feel like it just felt like the D blew that play up and they didn't, there was, there was no chance I was there. Like on plays where the, where the chiefs got stopped, it was like, yeah, the 49ers did play well, but like, you know, Patrick Mahomes had an opportunity to scramble and it just, it just didn't happen. Like self-committed penalty feel, fumbles. Yeah. It didn't feel um, the same. Like MBS those two running backwards. Yeah. Those two key plays, like those, it was just like, they didn't stand a chance because of what the defense did. But when the chiefs, needed it like it they not only got it it looked easy yeah and i came into the game i was rooting 49ers you know i had them picked but it was one of those games where like i don't know if you ever had this where like you you pick one team but you don't really care and honestly when patrick mahomes got the ball i was just like i was rooting for him to to score to tie it up to win the game too and when he won i was like dang um you know like he does this again and Speaking of credit, Brian, I need to give you credit here. You've said something. The 49ers are the Boston Celtics. And I I push back on that, sir. But I think it's official. Like, they are 100% the Boston Celtics. And it's because of this Kyle Shanahan guy who doubles down. Like, I don't care whether or not he knew the rules. But just the fact of saying we were playing for the third possession without realizing, like, you're, if you get a third possession, it's because, like, the a other team allowed to it get that, to happen. Yeah, the yeah. other team chose to give you a third possession, right? They chose to kick a field goal or, you know, they chose to punt and give you the ball back and nobody scored. You're only getting a third possession if either one, you stop them 
um, when you need to, or two, the other team just decides like, okay, like the whole, we were playing for a third possession that that even is a strategy and it doesn't come across of like, dude, if you have the ball second, when, during that time, when you have the ball, you have all the power to dictate how the game goes. It's all on your ability. So if you have the ball second, especially in the NFL new playoff overtime rules, if you're second, all the power is yours. It's 100% up to you how this game goes. And sure, you got to stop them, but you can't stop them from, you know, if you both score touchdowns, you can't stop them from going for two. Like I would imagine if we eventually see more overtime games, like I don't think very many teams are going to opt to kick an extra point and give the team the ball back to where all they need to do is get a field goal. When we know how overtime goes, like both teams are just gassed. Like, you know, most of the time that field goal isn't a hard thing to get. So anyway, if if you're, if you're banking on a stop, if you're banking on a stop, then why didn't you go for it on fourth down? And then force the chiefs to have to go the entirety shout out to Jericho go the entirety of the field. If they were going to go the entirety of the field, then they were going to do that regardless of if, the, if you went forward on fourth or not. So the concept of, I, I just, and, and I don't like, I love it because as a Cowboys fan, I love it all. Every time I see a, a Niners, anything go that way. I got to give you your props, Brian. I don't, I don't like what his players did. I don't care what you know. I don't care what you don't know. What you don't say immediately after the game is over is we didn't know what we was doing. Just <laughs> it didn't work out our way. We should have got a stop. We couldn't. Hats off to them. We'll hit the offseason and do some things better. The fact that they couldn't get that one staple message across the board kind of hints that some changes are coming in the offseason for the 49ers. <laughs> so yeah. They okay. already fired their they fired their D coordinator from what I saw. But you know how I am with reading notifications or stuff. I, I sometimes get the opposite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um so with this being said, is there anything else left that you want to touch on a Super Bowl? No, I su- I Super Bowl wise, I just wanted to give Andy Reid some props because I felt like that was something that I didn't hear in a lot of conversations of just how easy the yeah. plays were. And when I saw like because it was like an Instagram reel or whatever, like Travis Kelsey watched the Jumbotron. And I watched that. I'm like, you're drawing up plays where players can just watch the Jumbotron and score. Like nobody was watching the Jumbotron on the 49ers plays because they were getting blown up. They were not like whatever it was like, sorry, they got, they got blown up. Well, that no, they, they the were Chiefs. watching the Jumbotron because <laughs> isn't that how some of them learn how the overtime rules work? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> All right, so listen, it's time. Arguably one of the most tantalizing things I've ever seen when it came to the Fan Lebatard Show in terms of the Dan Lebatard Show, excuse me, when it comes to their interaction with their fans is Viva Las Vegas. I watched Mm -hmm. every piece of content that came away from this. I am excited to hear everything you got to say. So with that being said, nasty Nate, before we give some before we give some stuff away, the floor is yours. Hit us with it all. 
I think I'm gonna actually open like one thing up here and like Ooh. open it up as I go for okay for people. So again, this is a mystery bag that I bought. They had a merch store at uh, Viva Las Vegas, and first day they're like, "Oh, we're all out of mystery bags." I'm like, "Oh." So next day I showed up, they had two left, and I quick swiped in, pounced one, refrained. I didn't I didn't open it. I don't know what's in this. Although my wife kind of spoiled it and said, "Why? What's up with that bag on your computer that has a football inside it?" And I was like, "Honey." wife so there's a football in here but there's other stuff mystery bag and i thought you know what let's open this up on the show and some of these things i i want to find like one thing in here that i'm going to keep for myself but the rest i'm gonna give away to fans who again all you need to do just subscribe to our youtube and subscribe wherever we get podcasts send me like a screenshot of you subscribing to either of those on Twitter at ShaveStop and like your code word. I'll tell you a code word to add to that. You can tell me what you Ooh. want. And then first people that, that send it to me, you got a good chance. So here, here we go. go. Let's open this up. And I guess Drum roll. we'll go with the first thing. Yep. There's definitely a football in here. And oh, it's autographed. Who is it that. signed by? Well, I I looks like it's got a Billy Gill. I think it's signed by the entire show here. Wow. Chris Cody, see him there. Okay. So I'm definitely going to give this away because I actually, when I was at uh, Moss uh, last year, I already got everybody's autographs on their for your consideration Grammy thing. So a, if you want a signed football... If you want to sign football right here, you just subscribe, hit us up. And, and the mystery word is the brand of the football that Nasty Nate displayed. If you hit him with that, you can get J. Cole's autograph. This is J. Cole on the front, right? That's what it is. Oh, no, this is Coat. Oh, this is I Coat. bet that's okay. Greg Cody right there. Oh, got you. Chris got Cody, you. who's it? Is that what? Dan, dang, his his signature, his autograph, like someone who's been going through something this year. I saw, oh, is that? No, I think. That's a that's a good signature. That's a good one, yeah. Lucy? Especially for on a is football. Is that Lucy? Maybe. Oh, that's that's Jess. Come on, guys. Y'all could have took up some more space on this football. Uh, Chris Cody's right there. That's Chris Cody. There you go, CC. Listen, uh, don't forget, we got a lot of fans on IG. We got a lot of fans on our YouTube page. For those who couldn't make it here for the live chat, the live stream, we understand there mm -hmm. will be some stuff, once again, available. So if you don't get it on the live chat, but then you hear this or you view it, he already gave you the rules. Yeah. Hopefully this is pointing to, he already gave you the rules. So let's, uh, let's uh, talk about Moss. First off, I loved it. For me, if you're a fan of the show, you got to find, uh, opportunity to hang out with the show at one of their events they're very they're very personable they always make time for fans so i always appreciate that um and just me they're they're all very kind like nice people and the chance to just catch the show live is a lot of fun you can kind of see them like interact with each other during the show and stuff and my first takeaway brian from viva las vegas is 
man, the Dan Levitard show is really long. I got to stand for really long. I usually listen to the show at like two and a half times speed, three times speed. I'm like, whoa. When they came back the first day and did a bonus segment, I kept being like, man, 12 minutes, Brian, is a really long time if you just listen to it as 12 minutes at one time speed. So first observation, show is a long show, man. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know how people, I don't know how people make it have enough time to like actually listen to it at one time speed. I'm like two times speed is when I'm luxurious now. I, I don't have time for stuff slower than that, especially with three kids. Next observation that I have here. Got to, got to, Oh, the produced segments. I was really impressed by, they got to Vegas early and throughout the show, they had several, like, you know, they had the hee haw three that they opened it up with of like, here's kind of a riff on like a greatest hits, like CD commercial, like a, now that's I'm music. You bought that. No, I didn't. You couldn't buy that. Oh, okay. It was it was fake. Okay. But I was like really impressed with the production elements. And if you were there, like it was really impressive. Like the they had two stages like built there. Uh, they had cameras on cranes, cameras on all this other stuff. Other people walking around with cameras. Other people walking around with other stuff. Like the production and the work that went into this was massive. And I was really impressed by that. And as someone who was there, like I did actually go and like check out the YouTube stuff and I scrolled through the comments and so many people just like bag on the video team and the production team for like the glitches that they have and like, Oh, typical Levitard. Like how about fire them, hire some professionals. And I want to stand up for the video team. And as someone who I have a tiny bit of video stuff in my background and know like what it takes to, I've, done like a handful of weddings as a videographer and knowing like what it the work that goes into like shooting a whole day thing and then editing that and putting that into a clip and all that and getting that done in a matter of days and then running that into a show like seamlessly that they didn't have any troubles the second day and the only issues they had was dan's mic on the first day and everyone's like oh typical levitar like not professional of like noticing the one thing instead of noticing like literally the thousands of things that are done and like done really, really well. Like, you know, going out to the streets with Juju and Lucy and cutting that up into segments with like, people don't understand how hard that is to do that, to get good audio on that and to get good visuals on that because there's so many things that you have to factor in of like, when you're editing that to get the color correct. Cause it's Vegas. You got so many lights mm-hmm. on you. Just like I was really impressed with the video team and I wanted to give them a little bit of a shout out cause people bag on them. And I'm, I think the video team was fantastic with everything they did. And it was really impressive. Everything they did. So that's my second takeaway. You got, um, uh, to that point, what the video team does on live spots and live shows like that it's nothing compared to what they don't do in a studio um not having the right video queued up because of whatever reason that's different i'm not whatever if y'all guys want to bag on them for that okay i don't care not getting a a segment edited and out to the public because we always hear about things that were shot and they never got edited whatever bag on them for that but 
the work to your point the work that needs to be done to get these things from a concept to shot to produce to edit it to air in a 24-hour turnaround is phenomenal uh so to your point someone who watched it from home no qualms or quaints at all with the video the only hilarity is the fact that dan's mic didn't work because it's like y'all got 58 people up there with microphones none of them are more important than dan yet his microphone Mm. i'm convinced it was a bit and if you caught it like part of the problems he was having with not being able to hear people was he just didn't hit the button to turn on his audio (laughs) you just had to hit the program button that was why for the first anyway (laughs) One of our live commenters asked you, what was your favorite segment? Uh, there's so many to choose from. If I go guests, like I think the guest you did the best was Sebastian uh, Maniscalco. He was fabulous. He was hilarious. And out of all the guests, um, I thought you could tell he was the most who like knew how to like play to the crowd because they'd ask him questions. And you could see he would talk, but he'd also turn and like make contact with the crowd. So he was connecting with the crowd. He was a comedian. Yeah, he was, he was fantastic. Dominique Foxworth, also fantastic. Like Dominique is so talented. Like when you uh, just see these people come on the show, like when Dominique came on, took it, took over the show right away. Like he was fantastic as a guest. Like those two really stood out to me as a guest. Um, Greg Cody doing the Vegas back in my day was really good. Stu Gotz's Las Vegas um, observations were really good. Observations. I don't think they it came across as much in the YouTube, but the crowd was actually booing him during his Las Vegas observations because he was ripping what? on because he was ripping on Vegas. He was actually getting like people being like, "What boo?" It was like good natured. But he was like riling up the audience with his like, you know, get me out of Vegas stuff. Uh, our we got our live commenter Jericho mentioned Caratop. I thought Caratop was really good. It was funny him struggling to do the uh, Trump impression. Uh, really got me. So I think Caratop is hard for me to look at. <laughs> it, I'm sorry, he's like he's he looks like. He drove cross country with his face out the window. Like he looks like he's just been through it. And I feel sorry for him because I feel like this is all he knows. Shout mm-hmm. out to Carrot So ladies and gentlemen, the next and final item in this mystery bag, which I will also Wait, like two be items giving in the away. Mystery bag? Yeah, I guess since it's had the football, I thought it might have a little small <laughs> knickknacks in there too. That's such a Levitard gift bag. I mean, look, <laughs> an autographed football by everybody on the show for only thirty dollars. I think you're right. That's like, pretty good. That's yeah, that's pretty good. So the fact we're gonna give that away to somebody. Here's the other one. You do you need something to carry that in? Is that a tote? It is. It's a. Yeah, little tote, little tote bag. It's a tote. tote. Little tote bag, tote in it, might not be a good choice of words after the shooting yesterday. Thoughts and prayers go out to everyone affected. Yes. I know thoughts and prayers don't do much these days, but definitely, definitely don't become numb to the plague that seems to only affect this 
country of ours that we know is great. And we just yeah. expect to be great every day. Transition us into the guys bashing Ron McGill. Ooh, What's up okay, with that? So, yeah, this was wild. This day Friday. Um, I'm like, I'm in a one. I love the Dan Lebatard show. I think it's fantastic. But you hear it from the show. You see it on the Reddit some of people complaining about the show. Oh, it's not as good as it as good as it used to be or you know i some people going as far as like i can't even listen to it anymore and at viva las vegas there's a guy who's standing next to me on friday comes and says i'm just glad ron mcgill isn't here and the way he said it he said it like he thought ron mcgill was on the show yesterday and i'm like did you even watch yesterday ron mcgill wasn't on the show he's not normally on the show on Thursdays. He's normally on on Tuesdays. So I don't know what this guy was saying, but he was saying, I, he said, I hate Ron McGill. He is my least favorite person on the show. And I was like, this is the most ridiculous take I've ever heard by a fan. I want to stand around and just say, go walk. I almost knocked the football off the table. Go walk into (laughs) the the desert is what you should have said. Yeah. Go to death Valley. There's a little lake at the bottom there. I keep getting Instagram reels there because I'm in Lancaster and they want me to go there. It was wild. He was bashing him. And I'm like, dude, how can you like, sure. Maybe don't like, uh, the animal segment and you want more sports, whatever. But how can you not like Ron McGill and the passion that he brings and his willingness to just embarrass himself and do wild and like crazy things and the ways that the show like interacts with him, tries to agitate him. Like I love Ron McGill. I love that segment. And I just thought that was wild to hear someone at the show talk about how they hate Ron McGill. I'm like, if you dang. don't like Ron McGill, you are a person to be trusted. I know. I'm that that shook yeah. me. But I was like, you know what? Everyone everyone's entitled to their opinion, no matter how wrong it is. I'm not gonna turn around and like get into some mm. argument and ruin like my time here. I don't know, Jim. <laughs> I don't know. This, this could That's be not for an the opinion game. you're allowed to have. <laughs> it's have were there any other notable observations? of the crowd and the fans of the Levitar show that you noticed? Hmm. I mean, I would say it was smaller than I thought it was going to be. I think the cold weather did like play into that. I, and it was a Thursday, Friday thing. So maybe it was hard for people to travel to. Like I was fortunate enough that I'm on paternity leave right now. So I'm not, I'm not working. I'm just taking care of kids. Uh, although you could say I had more than enough reasons not to go. <laughs> Cause let me tell you, it doesn't feel like I'm not working with these kids here. Uh, but I was, I was surprised by the size, which to me though, again, honestly, and to me, that's that a little bit of a benefit, though, right? If you absolutely like, I wish I would have stayed a little bit longer on Thursday to say like, hi to Dan. Uh, cause he was one, I didn't say hi to him. Um, cause uh, I just, his line's always the longest, although I could have Four hours. said hi. My mentality is I've already talked to Dan at a highlight match. I talked to him at Moss. Um, so I just kind of like quick say yeah. hi to the people and give others like opportunity to talk to the show. Um, yeah, I don't know. That was but, nice to you. Look at you. I wish. Who's better than the Dan Levitar fans? Yeah. Look at that. Mm-hmm. 
I wish I would have said hi to Dan on Thursday. Friday, his line was a lot longer. There was more people there, but still, like, could have been bigger, which to me, I'm like, shoot, if the show does another, like, Moss Miami is really big. There's a lot of people at Moss Miami. Makes sense. Like, if if you're looking to meet the Levitard show, I would look to meet them at an event that they announced that isn't Moss. Although I would also mm. say at the same time, like Moss is a blast because everybody's there. Every like, you know, Amin, all and other people. Pablo was at the last Moss. Um, so there's benefits to both. Like Moss is a big, huge party that lasts a really long time. But you're also gonna spend a lot of time waiting to like talk to people at the show versus uh you know you could just like i just walked right up to like mike ryan and was like hey what's up man great show uh which is another observation it was it was cool to be there for mike ryan's like final shows as executive producer um he's he's like one of my i mean if not my favorite person on the show so it was cool to just be a part of like his final shows hear that and of course the show talked about it and they're 100% absolutely right. Like the fact that Greg Cody, I was so impressed with his singing in that cold weather. Like it wasn't terrible. Blaine Gabbert, not terrible, right? Pretty good. And that was just a lot of fun that they, I mean, they had like a Vegas, you know, band that was there playing like the thought, the thought that went into that show and the production, which again, which is why it just bothers me that you see literally on that Thursday YouTube, you go through the comments. So many of it are just typical Levitard and not just like, wow, this is the guess that they had, the thought that they had put into it. Like they yeah. could have just, it was a huge, massive stage. So many people up there, the thought that they put into it and to have Hee Haw 3, the band there, that was fantastic. That that it really made such a part of the show. And on Friday, it was really cool to see everybody get up on that stage and Greg Cody sing It's a Lovely Cruise and see everybody, you know, enjoy that and take in that moment and get to take in that moment with the show. So I think All right. you gotta you gotta get yourself to one of these events, people. I wanted to get the Vegas. I wanted to get to the Vegas one like that. And then when you were like so unsure about going, I was like, well, then I don't got to look into it, which then color me surprised, color me surprised. All right. So a few things before we wrap up on this Vegas thing, three questions. Number one, did any of the show members know you and were able to recognize you out the gate Two. shit, what was my second question? Oh, out of all of the fan, out of all of the Dan Lebatard universe folks that weren't there, who do you think would have been the best addition to Viva Las Vegas that didn't show up? And three, all I got, oh, oh, three, stop bitching about the cold, all right? I had 15 and a half inches of snow. And you over here talking about the fucking cold. It was cold. Like, you guys are so soft. It was so he was cold. dressed up in I had to buy a jacket. Fur, like, <sighs> All right, my bad. So I guess it's really only two questions. Look, for us folks, it was cold. Although I will say, like, Friday, 
it wasn't cold at all. Thursday, and for most of Thursday, I would not consider it cold. But when they came back and did that final segment, it actually started to get windy and you could hear it on the audio. It did like feel cold. That, that, that 40 degree wind, Brian, it'll eat right through you. No, that's perfect jacket and hoodie weather. Was that your number three? Be be quiet about the yeah, cold. Yeah, that was my number three. But I want the first two. Answer the first two. Okay. Did anyone recognize you off the off the bat? And you didn't have to go. Hey, it's me, Nathan. They were like, Oh, hey, Nathan. Mm-hmm. And two, who do you wish were was there that wasn't? Yeah, Chris Cody recognized me. He like before the show started came up on the stage and was looking at the crowd. And then like he saw we made eye contact and he you know like pointed me out. And then later in the show like when i walked up to meet him he saw me like in line and he was like shouting like is that the head of scouting for the set for the cyclones highlight stuff and then you know we we talked about the team um which maybe we'll get to maybe probably not though um my or here we go folks your god bless highlight little thing don't hit the panic button yet people okay long season Manu taking down Go Cherry. Whoa. That was like the most impressive Manu's ever played. If you've seen that. Go Cherry undefeated last season. Manu took him down, dog walked him in three Dang. sets, really controlled him. Best shot selection I've ever seen. Hashtag put Manu in your message to me and you might increase your chances of winning something from the merch store. I did buy a God bless highlight bottle opener. Maybe I'll throw that in there too. If Ooh. we get enough uh messages from folks but chris cody recognized me mike ryan uh recognized me uh jess was like have we met before and then i told her we met at moss and i'm part of the fan levitard show um and then yeah i don't think i don't think billy recognized me but that we only Three, we, listen yeah that's two and fine. a half though totally fine two and a half All the and one of meet. them is your favorite so that's a pretty good that's a pretty good pretty good pretty good mm-hmm. yeah, good, yeah. good job mm-hmm. second question though second question oh i mean look i feel like this is an easy question it's got it one person don't say a mean don't say a mean i feel like it has to be a mean who else would you add if not a i just mean? wanted something shocking something shocking i mean is the it, obvious rumor the is that... obvious answer is david sampson <sighs> <laughs> Right. Who was the guy with the signs? Who was the, that was actually, he was the guy who, I don't know on, if you saw, I think Mike Ryan posted it on his stories. It was the guy who wore the Temu, Temu Tony, uh, Taylor oh, shirt Tony. or whatever <laughs> the, the, he had the Taylor sweater that he created. Um, Oh, that guy is, he's so fully he, into he brought it, huh? a bunch of signs the second day, had a bunch of stuff written up there was another person who had signs um so he had a ton of signs i i I was trying to find you the whole the whole as much as they were on stage my eyes were in the crowd and i was like i don't know what the hell the back of nathan's head looks like (laughs) yeah i was like i I saw a bunch of i had this on one day i had this on one day and then no hat the next day oh okay all right because i mean a real friend would have been like hey i'm wearing this keep an eye out for me and mm. you know but you know oh well oh yeah. well all right so is there is there any is, how about this going forward if they were to do another event like this maybe 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 uh uh 
mossy a mossy graw maybe they go to super bowl next year what would you like to see in next year's installment of a super bowl moss event if they did it again what would i like to see hmm i mean I don't, I don't, they did such a good job. Like I, I couldn't, I can't think of like what's something that's missing or what would I like to see? Nice. Um, I mean, it was well, good shows, good guests. Go. Yeah. No, no complaints. Yeah. Nothing. I like mm-hmm. that. I like that. They should use you as the testimonial for mm-hmm. what you can expect for a mass event put on by the Dan Levitard show. Mm-hmm. I mean, <sighs> again, if you love the Levitard show, you got to get out there. Cause I think it's just what what do we love about the Levitard show? We love that it's something that's fun, uh, talks about sports in a fun way, and also I think you get the sense that the people who are on the show enjoy each other, are normal people, are nice people. They enjoy each other's company, and as a podcast, you feel like you're brought into that community. So when you go, they do a great job of bringing you in. And on a little side note, even though God bless football didn't win any awards for me that's why i that's why i love god bless football because it's another way that shows how the excuse me levitard show did some of my breath there the levitard show is a fun community that people want to be a part of one of my favorite things about god bless football is every year like who are they going to add that becomes like a friend austin eckler mo mostert Um, I enjoy them forming those relationships. And now Bubba Wallace is might become a regular on it. It's not Bubba Watson. Oh, Bubba Watson. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) I don't don't know. I've said that's pretty good. I got the B and the W correct. Bubba Wallace is the NASCAR driver, bro. Oh oh, yeah. (laughs) So he might become a regular, but that I, that's why you got to go is be a part of the fan community. Other fans are there. They're great. I had a good conversation with a guy who is from Vegas said hi to steak sauce. Some of the lower after hours folks, um, that are there. So just being a part of the Levitard show community as well. It's a blast. You got to go. All right. That's dope. That's dope. Uh, one of the things that I think the, the Levitard show does that's unique to this show is the sense of community that you not only get with its listeners, but how there's a very fine line. And I think sometimes that's that's a detriment to their, their privacy. Um, I know Mike Ryan has joked, but kind of not joked, but joked about sometimes, hey, don't talk to me when you see me out in public. Because sometimes people feel like they know you know you because we know about your nipples. Like we know a lot about you. Right? I listen to a lot of podcasts. I don't know about Stephen A. Smith's nipples. I don't know about Gilbert Arenas' nipples because they don't talk about it. So if I see them, I'm gonna keep it basketball, right? Hey, I love what you're doing. Keep going, player. But with y'all, I know intimate details about y'all, so it feels intimate. But I think that that line being so blurry also allows us to become fans of, like you said, the people that they bring onto their shows. Like I didn't know about, I didn't know who the heck Sebastian Mendegagmasco. I don't know who that was, but mm-hmm. because he gets kind of co-signed by the people that I kind of do like, then therefore, by extension, I'm gonna keep an eye out for you. You know, you mentioned uh, Mostert. You mentioned Eckler. I never cared for Eckler. I never cared for Mostert. I didn't hate him. Didn't have any issue. Just impartial. They're another football players. But now I'm rooting for him. When Mm -hmm. before I was impartial to him. So in this media age, there's this new age media where you're seeing more athletes in front of mics ever. 
I like that you're starting to find out more about the individual and therefore you see them as individuals and not just as stats on a fantasy roster lineup or numbers on a jersey. So salute to the Dan Levitar show. Salute to everyone that had a part in putting together Viva Las Vegas. Salute to you from being boots on the ground. Kind of disappointed that you ain't pull out no footage. You didn't like you were supposed to that dude who spoke about Rob McGill. He should have been on tape. Mm. We should have had his yeah. face. You should have been airing him out. But I get it. It was a family retreat. Maybe the next time when it's a little bit more business, I understand. And hopefully the next one, your boy's there too. And we can get it in. Mm-hmm. Peace out, people. Dipset. <laughs>